Hey fellow romance readers, I'm Amy. And I'm Sarah, and this is Post Book Depression. You know that feeling you get when you finish a good book that you didn't want to end? Have you finished a book and just weren't ready to move on from the story and its beloved characters? You find yourself needing just a little more? Well, this multi-trope romance podcast gives you the opportunity to dig deeper with us into books we love as we discuss all the reasons we can't move on. Feeling chatty? You can continue the conversation with us on Instagram at Post Book Depression Podcast or on Facebook in our Post Book Depression discussion group. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and take a brief moment to leave a review. Are you ready? Let's discuss. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Amy. And I'm Sarah. And today we're going to be discussing The Summer We Fell by Elizabeth O'Rourke. The first few minutes, we're going to do a brief review of the story without any spoilers. Then we're going to shift into a deeper book discussion, which is going to include lots of spoilers. But don't worry, we're going to let you know before we do shift into that deeper book discussion. That's right. So before we jump in, you're going to give us a brief description of what The Summer We Fell is all about. So this is a dual timeline second chance forbidden love story about a young woman who returns to her hometown to help open a foster home while dealing with the past you walked away from. This story has surfing, mystery, and opportunities for forgiveness. Sarah, what did you think of the summer we fell? Amy, this was angst, angst, angst across the board for me. I, guys, (laughs) you know I struggle with these heroines who cannot accept good things for themselves. And from the very get-go, if you're like me, buckle up and hold on because it's gonna be constant throughout. I really struggled with some of the characters they, with some choices they make kind of put a bad taste in my mouth but overall I I loved this story I love Juliet and I love just how it kind of wraps up and yeah so this author is one of my tried and true I can always count on her for a compelling story and obviously this Mm -hmm. one does not disappoint I enjoy a dual timeline story I really do and I feel like it lends to a slow burn romance mm-hmm. because you're getting just little snippets of the past as you go along through the story. I enjoyed the surfing aspects of this and then the tension between the two main characters in both timelines is delightful. So good. And I really feel like this would just make a really excellent beach read. Oh, this is a perfect beach read. So if you need something, pick this one up and take it with you for sure. <laughs> All right, let's get into our ratings. You've already mentioned the angst is high. So uh, tell us how, okay. much, how high. For me, it was a 3.5. Okay. Okay. So just, there's guys, I just struggled throughout the whole thing. It's, you want these characters to be together. You want Juliet to accept that she's worthy of good things in life and to not feel like she owes people anything and she doesn't owe them her happiness regardless <laughs> of what people have done for you. It was just, it was really high from beginning to the very bitter end, but it was so good. So I was higher than you. I gave it 4.25. So I was quite a bit higher than you. I feel like forbidden love stories, and this is definitely a forbidden love story, um, really elevates angst in a story. Obviously, there's a higher measure of angst for that, and this one's no different. You do find yourself rooting for the two characters. There are a lot of obstacles, Mm. a lot of obstacles that these two characters are just constantly having to overcome as you go and as a reader you're just really trying to work through that with them and of course having the slow burn in the past timeline really ups things for me yeah yeah (laughs) all right humor okay humor this was not one that i really laughed a lot throughout or at all so (laughs) that's uh, true point two five i gave it one which is high i feel that's high it's really high because it was not 
it was not funny. So Elizabeth, if you ever watch this, just maybe point out where we can chuckle because I wasn't finding it. Yeah, you know? I didn't chuckle, and that's I'm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely focused on the the angst. drama. It's and the angst. angst for sure. The angst. Yeah, spiciness. Spiciness. This was a three point seven five. Oh, okay. Was that high? I gave it three. Okay. Well, see, I felt like when they finally hit the spice. There was a lot of spice. <laughs> it wasn't super descriptive, but it was like, oh, it's a little spice. It's a little sprinkle, a little spice. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it was, was a slow burn leading up to that. And then I felt like there were enough scenes to bump it up uh-huh. for me, and they were pretty descriptive. They're not the most descriptive that we've ever read. It's but. not about description all the time for me. A lot it's of time not... it's about the location. <laughs> it's about the location, people. You know what I'm saying? Or the risk factor. Yeah, the risk factor that, is, and is high. And the tension. So. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right, tears. Okay, I did not actually cry, but there is stuff that occurs throughout that the characters kind of endure. So it was a 1.5 for me. I did one, so we were close on that. I feel like there are definitely heavier components to this, and I would even be encouraged to say there are some, probably some minor trigger warnings or trigger warnings attached to the story, so check those out if that affects you. Um, But I didn't cry at all, and I didn't even have the urge to cry. Yeah. I was sad. <laughs> yeah. But that, but that was, you know. Yeah. Same. All right, overall. I gave it a four. I did 4.25. Re- yeah, this was a great read. It was so, we've always enjoyed Elizabeth O'Rourke's stories. Yes. And so this was just another one that we were adding to that collection of I enjoyment. I think so too. So. It's definitely a solid second chance romance for mm-hmm. sure. We would definitely yep. recommend yep. this one. That concludes the spoiler-free quick review of this story. Now we're going to shift into the deeper discussion portion, which is going to include lots of spoilers. If you haven't read this story, go check it out and then come back and listen to our full discussion and then find us on social. You can find us on Instagram at Post Book Depression Podcast, on Facebook in our Post Book Depression discussion group, and you can always email us at postbookdepressionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot to talk about. Let's get going. This story kicks off. It is, as we mentioned in the quick review, it is a dual timeline story. So it kicks off and we learn that Juliet, the main girl, doesn't have a very good home life. And so she ultimately starts living with the Allens. And the Allens are the parents of Danny. So she's living with her boyfriend and his family. Let's just dig right into the nitty gritty and let's just kick it off with the Allen's treatment towards Juliet because, girl, is it just, wow. Speaking of Stepford wives. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. So, Juliet, let's just be clear. we've, We've made mention she comes from a bad home life. She needed to leave her home out of necessity and we'll dig more into that later. But she is a hard worker. Mm -hmm. This girl is always working. She is saving her money. She is so grateful for the Allens taking her in. But let's just be honest. They kind of take advantage a little bit because the dad always preaches about gratitude and being grateful and all this stuff. So the second this girl walks in the door, it doesn't matter how bone tired she is, she has to go and start helping the mom with dinner. Now, I don't have a problem with that, Amy. I do not have a problem with pitching in. You're living in a house. Everybody's got chores. My kids have chores. That's not the issue for me. The issue for me is that this girl has, if she is caught setting down at all, there's going to be some mention of it. Now, we have to acknowledge that the Allens, they're pastors of a church, and she, bless this girl's heart, If she does one thing wrong or steps out of line, 
He's going to put it in a sermon. He is. Woo. I'm telling you. <laughs> and that let wouldn't... me just, let me just say, I'm a pastor's daughter myself. And girl, I have, have I ever had some stories talked about me from the platform, but I will say dad was very good about being mindful of those. He was more res- respectful than the pastor of this story. Yeah. Well, the pastor of this story is, can, I, I'm just going to say it. He is kind of what gives pastors a bad <laughs> rep. <laughs> You know, he's one of those where you think, "Mm, I don't want to go to that church. He just, I don't know. He just, his expectations of her are a little bit. Well, I think probably part of the reason why I had such beef with the way that he treated her specifically. And like you, I think we all need to pull our weight, especially if Mm -hmm. she's living there rent free. She's, she's pulling her weight here, but nobody else is expected. Like the boys aren't expected to do that either. And we, and we learned that Luke, which is Danny's um, teammate and friend from college, he spends a couple of summers here too. And he's not expected to Mm -hmm. pitch in the same way that Juliet is. So that's where my beef was. Yeah. Gets to surf all day. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the kicker for it is that at one point in the story, she is semi-assaulted, wrecks her bike, I mean, she's not like assaulted, assaulted, but it's an attempted assault. Yeah. A guy driving well down the road, way. grabs her shirt, rips it open. She crashes her bike, has gravel and glass in the girl's face. Yeah. She has sprained her ankle. She limps inside, thinks I'm going to go change. The mom is immediately asking her for help. And Luke sees it. Yeah. And he thinks, what? And she's just like, I'm going to go cook in the kitchen because that is the expectation. Yeah, it's I very just, sad. It's sad. So there's multiple, multiple times, and we'll get into Luke and just how awesome he is with her. Right. But very quickly, we learn that she is basically being treated like a caged bird. And yeah. it's very sad. It's, it's very sad and hard to watch. From the treatment of the Allens of Juliet, let's shift over into Juliet and Danny's relationship because, boy, what a relationship. It is. Okay, now see, at first I thought Danny was just a good old boy. Just a nice kid. Just loving his mom and dad. Loving the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) And he just wants to do right. He has these morals. He has strong convictions. There's nothing wrong with his convictions. But with that being said, he's a little bit judgy. He is judgy. Okay, he's not a little bit. He's a lot judgy. He's a lot judgy. He's a lot judgy. Not so much of the friends that he associates with. Because I have to be very clear about something. He immerses himself very well with a crowd that doesn't share his beliefs. Mm -hmm, Like he rubs shoulders with people who do not share the same faith, do not share the same convictions. And he really does it well. I mean, his whole group of friends, that is the basis. I mean, they're not the church going kids or, you know, young adults, whatever. It's his judgment of his girlfriend, Juliet. And Which that, felt very isolating. Yes, it did. Her. It did. And that's where he he's a little bit hypocritical too. Mm-hmm. And that for me, I started to think very quickly, hmm, I don't, I'm not a fan of Danny at yeah. all. He's not supportive. He kind of takes on a little bit of his dad. Like he expects her to do these things. He expects her to clean and cook. He expects her to share his convictions. Like a little bit of that Stepford Wives vibe. Mm-hmm. Just all prim and proper and, mm-hmm. and no room to just be a human and just let your hair down and relax and just live life a little bit. So, yeah, it's very, I don't want to say shocking because it's not, but it just doesn't vibe well with the friends that he keeps. And mm-hmm. you, you, 
you make a good point about how he does blend in very well with the friends and, mm-hmm. and he doesn't judge them. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's very isolating for Juliet that he holds her to different standards. Well, and he stifles her as far as what she her desires to do things. Because we find out throughout the story, Juliet is an incredible singer. She sings in their church choir. That's another thing. It's a pressure from Pastor Allen to do so she has this remarkable voice and we know in the current time that she's a singer in her life like she's made that her profession and she plays guitar and Danny tells her her songs are sad but they're based on her life Mm -hmm. and he's not supportive in that at all he feels like her guitar playing is a waste of time and right there out the gate when you don't support the person you're with you expect them you want to mold them to fit them into a box that suits you right but does not suit them immediately i'm starting to turn off on i don't like this relationship for sure yeah this not she's not the girl for you there's nothing wrong with you wanting those things but don't try to make her into someone she is not absolutely that's a great point i love that when we first meet luke it takes him like 0.5 seconds to recognize the way that they're treating her and immediately identifies that they are basically treating her like this caged bird mm-hmm. and she doesn't have the audacity to stand up for herself. Mm-hmm. So she just continues to get walked all over. She continues to allow the Alan's treatment of her this way. And I love that Luke recognizes her. And she even says in her inner dialogue, she can read the the looks that he's giving her and he know she knows that he's not judging, but basically he sees her Mm -hmm. for who she really is. I was thankful for that because in the beginning, she thinks that he hates her. Mm -hmm. And then there's something that shifts later on in the story where she, they have these quiet conversations where she'll look at him and she can tell what he's thinking and he'll look at her and it's like he can tell what she's thinking. (laughs) And I loved that. One of the things I do have to say that I wish, I love that we get the uh, dual time point of view, but we did not get the dual points of view. And I was dying to know Luke's, thoughts throughout this whole story because that's my absolute favorite i love when we get the back or the thought process of both the male and the female me too so for this one as much as i loved the past and the present i really wanted to know a lot if like you know she says you're thinking that but what were you really thinking because i'm sure it was more colorful (laughs) but i find it interesting because he definitely sees her for who she is but on the reciprocal of that she pays attention to him too one of the things there are several examples, but one that I love is that she notices he's starving. Oh, was that And then a talks to Mrs. Allen about increasing the food, and she doesn't even say, like, how can she not see it, this growing boy? I hated that she rejected that. I do, too. I, I, and, and when we find out later it's because she didn't want to ask for money from her husband, there's another little thing that just uh-huh. that kind of His picks thumb at, on the family. Mm-hmm, it picks at me. And I was thankful that she was acknowledging that. But were you surprised in the end when we find out that she was giving him her food portions? Yes, I was. That caught me off guard, especially when they weren't making more food. She was, you know, giving up her food. I, It's like this silent taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. They don't realize the other's doing it and all of that. And they do it throughout the entire story. Mm-hmm. Even the GoFundMe page where we learn much later into the story when he has his boards that ultimately she is the one who pays the $3,000 for his boards. Did you not think the whole time that it was those guys? I totally thought it was those guys. And when they later are talking about how they didn't have the money for this or that, which I thought was so comical because they <laughs> drive these really like BMWs <laughs> and whatnot. 
and have the, you know, they're, I guess, essentially rich. But maybe to her they were rich, but they weren't really rich in real life. But if you have a BMW, you probably are. But, <laughs> I mean, if you're 20. But whenever we find out that she paid the 3000 that was a huge, monumental sacrifice for Juliet. Mm-hmm. Because she was saving to get out of the Allen's house. She wanted to escape. She wanted to go away and be on her own. And these little ways that they take care of each other, I feel like she was always providing for, you know, these, I don't know. I guess they both kind of did for the careers, though, because. Yeah, I mean, she basically gives him the tools that he needs to jumpstart his career. And then, of course, he gives, he gives her, her the, the microphone. Mic. I am curious, speaking of their careers, we know that she is a well-known, famous singer now. We don't really get any kind of backstory of how that came to be. Just a little snippet of when she went to L.A. and all the things that she did. She kind of sold her soul a little bit. She kind of had Mm -hmm. to do some things. And really, I hurt for her. And I'm glad, honestly, that that was not a part of the story. Yeah. Because that would just gut me to know that the things that you have to do, that you sacrifice of yourself and your soul to make it. But at that point, she had to get away from Alan. But I do love that that they sacrifice for each other, you know, all growing up and not knowing it about the other, you know, him starving and her paying for his boards and just the constant back and forth of the obstacles that they have to go through. And then we find, you know, we see his protectiveness of her. That was kind of how he took after her and, and cared for her. I mean, just constantly. You had the bike assault. You had the cash, the weird boyfriend at the end of the story. The, the stepbrother. Who yes, he the, just goes. This guy is one right after the other assaulting people yeah, that have assaulted her. Yeah, and um, I mean, literally every one of them has. And he just goes and one of the things takes that I business. love about him when he does that is he he has no problem taking ownership for what he does. I know. Did that I, surprise you? I mean, normally you want to try. You find characters that want to try and cover that up, and ultimately that's what she wants him to do. But he's like, no, I stand by what I did. I don't think that would ring true because Luke has a rough background as well. That's they are true. two kindred spirits. They both come from really bad home lives, and so no, I kind of feel like a lot of times when you you know someone and you meet someone that has had a rougher upbringing, mm-hmm. a lot of times they are that way. They're just going to yeah. stand by. I mean, they have no, they have nothing to lose. You know, they're, they're just going to stand by their actions. And I felt like if she had written Luke to be anything other than just upfront about, yeah, I assaulted him, you know, the cops are coming and I'm going to own it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it would have rang true. I think, I think that's an excellent point And I absolutely agree with you. I feel like Juliet and Luke really the whole book are just struggling against obstacles. This was such an angsty story. Oh, man. So much angst here. And I feel like every time they would make some headway on her getting out from under the Allens or out of this relationship with Danny, here we have another obstacle, something else that they've got to overcome. And that just kept compounding and compounding and compounding. And the angst was just so heavy for me in this story. Oh, well, if it was heavy for you, it was <laughs> literally a mountain on me because it was just from the very get-go. Oh, Lord. I I struggled with the angst in this. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but it was, <laughs> it was a struggle. It was a lot because you just want the best for both of these characters. Here's where I feel like I struggled as far as from Luke's perspective. And this is one of the things where I would really love the dual perspective is because Juliet gives him these signs that 
she feels the same way for him. Mm-hmm. Did you not feel like a little bit that she was always pulling back? She kept, she always had the excuse of the Allens, the Allens, the Allens. And this is where I go back and I stand by what I said. I, I struggle with heroines who cannot accept that they deserve good things. Mm-hmm. And let's just be honest, the Allens, and while the Allens have done this incredible thing for this young girl who needed a home, they just didn't treat her the way that, you know, she should have been treated. I mean, I'm not denying that she should be grateful for them opening up their home, but you just, I don't know, you can't do somebody that way. I, I'm doing this great thing for you. You owe me. Right. That's not fair. Let's shift a bit into the present timeline. The whole reason that they're coming back together after all this time apart is that they're returning for the opening of Danny's house. And we learn early on in the story. I mean, it alludes to early on in the story that Danny has passed away. Mm-hmm. And that was something I wrote in my notes, like, Danny's dead? Question mark, question mark. Because I didn't really know where it was going to be taking us. And so now we know that this Danny's house is going to be open an orphanage or this, like, foster home basis for kids in need that Donna is going to oversee, although Donna is ill, terminally ill. Yeah. She's going to open this house. And so here we are, they, they're back together and they're preparing for this grand opening. So they're preparing for this big open house. And I find it kind of funny that Donna's finding reasons for them to be together, although I, she didn't know about them until the bitter end. So did you find it just ironic, the timing of her trying to push them together to do things? She knew that they didn't get along. Was that her ulterior motive, or do you think she really suspected? I think that she suspected. Well, she says that. She says that she she should have seen it, you know, all those years and stuff. So I think it's kind of one of those things that you're in denial. She wanted, let's just... We need to stress something. While the Allens treated Juliet one way, she Juliet had a fondness of Donna. Mm-hmm. Because Donna has kind of at moments let her know that she doesn't agree with the way Pastor Allen has treated her. But Donna just wanted a daughter. Yeah. Donna wanted someone to... I, I think Donna, in some ways, just felt the pressure of that life. And Juliet kind of helped take that pressure off. I think so too. And she also wanted her son to be happy. So she took advantage and she owns that in the end, which I very much appreciated because one of the the things that I was really struggling with throughout is how can you be so just okay with coming back and jumping right back into doing what Donna's asking of you after you struggled so hard to get away from this family. So I was, I was glad that in the end we see that Donna acknowledges that they took advantage of her, that she acknowledges that she recognizes there was probably something between her and Luke the whole time and owns her part in what they had done. And I was proud of her for that. Me too. I think it was really important for Mm -hmm. Juliet, especially moving forward, to have that forgiveness from her. I think. Part of the angst for the story also for me, I talked about it being a slow burn. We obviously suspect that there was a relationship between Juliet and Luke in the past timeline. Mm -hmm. So was it surprising to you that they just kind of slid right back into that relationship? Let me clarify. What was surprising to me was after they find each other in the bedroom after the first time, they've been intimate with one another. She immediately says, you need to go. Mm -hmm. 
I was a little bit suspicious of what had happened. And we don't really get those answers for quite some time. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of angst and buildup just in the present timeline while they're getting ready for this this opening of this house together as their relationship is building and there's a lot of just unanswered questions happening for everyone. I kind of hurt for Luke when she said that. And here's the reason why. Throughout this whole story, one of the things that we've not mentioned is Juliet lies all throughout the story. Yes, she does. She kind of withholds. She doesn't believe the way the Allens believe. She tells these things. And, and some of them, I think, they seem like harmless lies because they're to benefit others. She's not honest with the Allens about the, the way she feels of their treatment of her because she feels like she needs to show gratitude. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where you could look at, well, she means well. But I, I can't stand I can't stand lying and I feel like lies can hurt people no matter how good of intentions your intentions are they just they have repercussions and we see that played out played out so strong in this story I mean they their lost time their seven years lost is because of Juliet lying Mm -hmm. so at the point where she tells him you need to go and she describes the look on Luke's face. I thought, oh, Juliet. Well, yeah, and that reminds me of the scene where he ultimately finds out that she was the one that gave gave him food and paid for, like, she sacrificed part of her earnings to help pay for more food. And he, she thinks to herself, like, she notices the look he gives her is like, you cared about me that much and still you walked away from me. Mm -hmm. Like her lies just build on top of each other. And like you said, the repercussions of that just really carry over into the seven years that they've been apart and then even into the present timeline. Mm -hmm. Part of the lies ultimately stem from Grady, which we haven't talked about Grady yet, but he, he's really wanting the pastor's position Mm. and he's trying to just snake his way into that and be the next in line for that. And I knew early on that he was blackmailing her about something. Like, he obviously had something on her Mm -hmm. that he's holding over her. It's ultimately the blackmail that that Grady has over her that has stemmed these lies and forced her to walk away from Luke for the seven years. Even when she runs into him in town and he catches her, she's like, I'm I'm just here for the open hell. Like, she's freaking out. I'm not Mm -hmm. here for the long term. And he's still holding that over her. I found it so interesting that she was so nervous around everything to do with Grady and he's married to Libby, somebody who she had a friendship sort of with and felt guilty for walking away from that. I thought, "Mm, that's got to be awkward that you are terrified of her husband for some reason, Mm -hmm. but you're feeling guilty of not maintaining that friendship. Found that interesting. I love the way you phrase that about Grady snaking his way in because, (laughs) man, the things he does, he's just a little serpent. He I'm is. telling you. Did you kind of have your hackles up when she was doing these interviews with some of these reporters coming in in regards to that she obviously has more lies that she's not wanting out for the world. She's told lies to the entire world for seven years and her she's starting to get nervous that they're going to start to unleash and uncover a lot of these things she's buried. All I kept thinking was what on earth happened when Danny died? Mm-hmm. That was all I thought the whole time. What happened? Did you have something to do with this yeah. stuff? Like, I was so confused. And then when she says something about, or she's thinking about her maybe thinking it was suicide and how Donna cannot handle that. And 
you know, I just, I, I don't so, know. So knowing what you know now, do you feel like it was an accident or do you think it was on purpose, Danny? choice to jump off the cliff I think it was an accident because why else would he strap the board to his ankle it just wouldn't I mean he had been drinking so I I think he he legit he thought I think he wanted to be like Luke he wanted to prove that he could be just as good as Luke yeah that seemed a constant battle with Danny throughout I kind of thought yeah a little bit I don't think Danny would ever own that but it kind of seemed that way and the fact that she ran up there whenever he was getting ready to jump off and then he had just caught them kissing and, you know, I mean, I think it was an accident. I don't think he intentionally tried to kill himself. I think he had been drinking and he was hurting and it happened. I think so too. And ultimately in the end, she has, you know, we talked about Grady's blackmail over her, but she also has some blackmail over him. Mm -hmm. She finds him in a compromising relationship while she's out trying to find Danny when he's right. missing. So they each have this over the other, but they've been dealing with it for seven years. Mm-hmm. And so now it's all starting to come to a head towards the end. We're here in the present timeline and things just start really wrapping up. We've got the conflict of Cash coming in. Like what? Cash was just this weird villain. I don't even know what the point of him was. He... I think Cash was just to show that she was still in her life not accepting good things. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt. It's like she's just, once again, she's put herself in a position where she's going to stay, you know. Because she was kind of connected to Cash because of her career. He boosted her career because she was dating him. So he did. we do learn that he he has been physically abusive of her. We talked earlier about how we were going to talk a little bit more in depth about her reason for living with the Allens. And so we just briefly want to talk about the main part of that is her stepbrother and how he has this physical relationship with her. He's abusive to her and sexually abusive to her as well. One thing that I just briefly want to mention is the way Danny responded to that. When she opens up finally and talks about what she's had to endure with her stepbrother and Danny's response to that is just, it blew my mind, Sarah. I'm going to tell you something. I know we said we'll be brief, but let's just acknowledge the fact that first of all, she is considering herself, she's not a virgin. Mm -hmm. And he is just so upset that she gave that away and she was like uh I didn't want to give it and then he realizes oh you were raped by your stepbrother there is a scene where Danny compromises his convictions he wants to wait till marriage he thinks she's on board with that she just kind of goes along with it because she sees that Danny's going to be her future but one night he's really upset they sleep together and Amy what I hated was that she did not want to Mm -hmm. not because she didn't want to earlier in the book she did But at that point, she didn't. It made her physically sick to her stomach. She did not want to. And she tells him, this is a mistake. And they do. And immediately, he regrets it. He starts casting the blame at her feet. But the question he asked her about referencing Justin Mm -hmm. and if she, she, you know, if it was good for her kind of thing, the way that was. And she was like, you did not just ask me that. The way he responded to her, that just uh, that whole thing, I loved it that when he told Luke, because ultimately he tells Luke, yeah, Luke's response to that was basically, "What an idiot! I cannot believe you." Get blew up. up, yeah, blew, blew up, up at I him, love that and then had to Luke. leave. Yes, and I love that there we see his protectiveness again because she thinks she sees his jeep and he's checking on her, mm-hmm. and then lo and behold, 
Justin, her stepbrother, ends up in the hospital. Yep. I love Luke just kind of going behind the scenes and just protecting her and cleaning up her messes. I love that he really tries to overcompensate for Danny's lack of protection and lack Mm -hmm. of care for her. So I like that he was on the opposite end of that. But anyway, fast forwarding back to the present timeline. Let's talk about Juliet and Donna and how we talked already about how she's, you know, asked for forgiveness and talked about that. She learns the truth about Danny and Luke and Juliet. I really am thankful that they wrapped that up and that she kind of gave her blessing, more or less, yeah, for them to be together and and ultimately pushes them to. The kind of way that that unravels is interesting because they're at the gala of or party for Danny's house, and Julia and Luke get arrested for Danny's. Were you expecting that? Nope, me neither. Nope, nope. Because well, he like Cash shows up. We're talking about Cash. Cash shows up, gets all upset. Because she's dancing with Luke. And then he hits Cash again because the guy's just... But I'm, I'm going to say it. Every single one of the guys that Luke hits, they deserve it. Yeah. So they've all assaulted her. Literally all of them. So yeah. it was deserving in my opinion. Not that violence is the answer, but I was happy about it. <laughs> and they, the police come in and they're thinking, well, Donna's like, that's just a little scuffle. It's just a little thing. You know? <laughs> and they're under arrest for Danny's murder. I kept thinking, what is Donna thinking at yeah. this moment? Because I, for one, was floored because she's worried this whole time. And we have to acknowledge, Juliet is so scared because Grady has been blackmailing because his whole thing is, you and Luke, this is because of you and Luke. Mm-hmm. She keeps her mouth shut. She walks away from Luke for all these years because Grady is going to allow the police to think that it was Luke. Mm-hmm. And she cannot have that. Yeah. She doesn't want that. And so she walks away and he tells her, stay away from him for the rest of your life. You guys cannot have your happily ever after. God, Grady's the worst. Uh, oh, yeah, he is. And so they're arrested, and I and I was surprised because I didn't see Juliet getting arrested. Oh, I didn't either. I was were really you, surprised. Were you surprised that Donna lied on their yes. behalf? I was Yes, too. but I love her because she's like, I love all my children. I was like, go, Donna. I, I see. know. I was like, you're just redeeming yourself for all these little <laughs> things that we were annoyed with, you uh-huh. know, and it, it made me happy that, you know, the truth comes out. I was also happy this is one of those things that you can't live a lie because it will always come to light. Yes is everything with Grady comes out. Yes, it does. And poor Libby. Yeah. That's a whole other story. We won't <laughs> acknowledge that. But Grady gets what he deserves in the end, I feel like. Yeah. And... I think so, too. You know, we have that beautiful thing where Luke and Juliet finally... I love their happily ever after. Oh, well, they deserved it. Jeez, I mean, <laughs> way to... Ago. Thanks a lot, Elizabeth. Way to the bitter end. I mean, I was dying. I loved it, but I was dying. Heck yeah. So, so much angst. Oh, so much angst. But the happily ever after was a good payoff. It was It was a very good payoff. All right, that wraps up our discussion of the summer we fell. We hope you enjoyed it and want to continue the discussion with us. We would love to hear from you. What were your favorite parts of the story? Hit us up on Instagram at our Post Book Depression Podcast or on Facebook in our Post Book Depression Discussion Group. You can also email us at postbookdepressionpodcast at gmail.com. As always, until next time, keep reading.